Hey, architecture firm owners and emerging leaders, get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with Build Smart, the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host, Patrick McLaney, FAIA, former CEO of the international architecture firm, HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise, from 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt. Bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK. The three of us took a tour of Europe of five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm. We all want to build a better business so we can be better architects. Well, a better business starts with planning your profit. Download our free course, Profit for Small Firm Architects, at entrearchitect.com slash free course. Entree Architect Podcast, Episode 140. Welcome back to the Entree Architect Podcast. My name is Mark Arlapage, and this is the podcast dedicated to a successful life as a small firm architect. Whether you have plans to someday start your own firm, whether you're in the process of launching a startup, or you might be an experienced small firm architect, just trying to make a difference, this podcast is for you. My goal is to inspire you to build a better business so that you may pursue your purpose with passion and live the life of your dreams. So if you've been listening to this podcast, reading the blog, or maybe a member of Entree Architect Academy throughout the past few months, you've most certainly heard that storytelling is a critical part of your success in business. We need to know our story and how to tell that story to our target market. It's how we find the work we want and the clients we love. So we know storytelling is important. But how do we craft that story? To whom do we tell it? And how, really, does our story help us find more work on a consistent basis? Well, hang out with me for this episode. This week at Entree Architect Podcast, I invited my friend Jeff Eccles of Echo Engagement to join us and discuss how to use your story to find the work you want. 
This episode of Entree Architect Podcast is sponsored by TrueStyle, the leader in high-end architectural interior doors. Learn more at TrueStyle.com and Tanglewood Conservatories, combining the romanticism of the 19th century glass architecture with state-of-the-art technology of today. Learn more at TanglewoodConservatories.com. Jeff Eccles, welcome to the Entree Architect Podcast. It's great to be here, Mark. Thanks. Yeah, it's good to have you here. Finally, we've uh, we've done coffees. I actually brought my coffee today, just so you know we have a nice make it feel feel authentic here. It's we'll, a prerequisite. We'll, we'll get into that a little bit. And uh, you're part of my team over at Entree Architect, and you're a storyteller, and you do all kinds of things, and you're an architect. And uh, I think it's about time you're here at the Entree Architect podcast. It's a long time coming. Well, I've been hiding in the shadows for a long time, and so you're you're finally pulling me out. So, so here we are. Here we are. I, I think a lot of people probably will recognize your name uh, because you often post for Entree Architect through social media. So, people will, will recognize the Jeff Eccles name, if if not from many other places, but but there as well. So, um, let's let's get into this. Let's uh, let's start where we always start. Let's. Your 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 history, your origin story as an architect. Where did you uh, learn about architecture, and what inspired you to become an architect? And then give us that that journey to find where you are today. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I guess to go way back, um, you know, my my dad was transferred to Chicago when I was a kid, and so I ended up growing up not far from a lot of the Frank Lloyd Wright homes. You know, Unity Temple. Um, later as an adult, I ended up walking past unity temple every day, but, uh, but so that, you know, that was sort of a, um, uh, changing, a traumatic point, you know, being moving from Atlanta to Chicago as a, as a young kid and, um, you know, sort of culture shock in, in a very real way, but, uh, ending up in the land of Frank Lloyd Wright and then watching this old house with my dad every, every, uh, Saturday morning, you know, when it was on once a week on PBS, um, that those were probably the formative years that, that eventually led to going to Ball State, uh, the college of architecture and planning there and graduating with a couple of degrees in architecture from, from Ball State and getting into the uh, profession, working first in Chicago and then moving to, uh, Indianapolis and working for firms, big and small over the years from essentially from three people to, uh, what was at the time, uh, I think we were the fifth largest firm in the world at, at one time, one of the firms that I was working for. So kind of the, uh, the full spectrum in terms of firm size and, um, you know, eventually, uh, forming a couple of firms, leading, leading some firms, but always playing some sort of marketing role everywhere I was for 20, I actually did the math this morning, about 24 years hmm. uh, working working in firms before eventually going out on my own um, into a uh, not really an architecture practice anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, talk about that. Talk about um, what you're doing now and, and, and your transition from architecture to what you're doing now. I think that's uh, interesting. I don't know the whole story, so I'm interested to hear it. Yeah, yeah. Well, so uh, six or seven years ago, maybe. Um, like I said, I, I had been playing marketing roles and business development roles. You know, if you look at my titles, you know, some of them were marketing director of marketing, um, you know, business development uh, head. You know, those type things. 
But for some reason, I had this thought in my head that um, architects had the inherent skills and training to be great marketers. But as most of us know, by and large, architects are terrible marketers. Right. You know, you, you, you look around and you, you meet architects and um, you look at some of the larger firms and many of those people doing marketing and business development are not architects. Um, you talk to many architects and it becomes painfully evident very quickly that they don't know anything about marketing. And, and so to me, that was a little bit puzzling. And um, so what that eventually turned into was a site that I launched called architect of the internet.com. And, uh, you know, some of your audience will recognize that name. I still write and post there, uh, occasionally, but, but it was really my exploration into why architects, many architects are not great marketers and how they can be. And with, with a particular focus on digital and social media, but, but marketing in general. So, uh, internet.com was really the start. Uh, very shortly after that, I was tapped by um, someone that was running, uh, had been involved with the uh, AIA, American Institute of Architects. Um, it was a classmate. You know, since we were classmates in school, um, they, they had been involved and um, at, at growing levels, you know, rising levels. And, and they were getting ready to run for national office. So they asked me to uh, work with them and run their campaign. So I started uh, uh, working on messaging and speech writing and and running a few campaigns for them. And we were very successful until the the very last campaign, which is a, was a, a campaign for president. We lost that one mm-hmm. um, in a runoff, as is always the case at the uh, AIA. But um, so got big exposure into messaging within the industry at a national level, at, at the top level. Um, so that was, you know, just kind of further exploration. And then about, uh, 2010, um, I was working for a firm that I helped found. Uh, we, we were, we were splitting off from another firm and, and starting from scratch and, um, and a whole bunch of non-compete clauses, you know, as, as uh, firm splits, partner splits go. And, uh, so that was really the testing ground. It's how do we go from zero to success in a really, um, it was beginning of end of 09, beginning of 2010. So the economy was, you know, it wasn't 07, it wasn't 08, but it right. was still a really tough economy. So how do we go from zero to some sort of a success very quickly? Because, you know, none of us, none of us were working off of the, uh, uh million plus dollars our, our father left us or anything like that. So, uh, we, we had to ramp this up very quickly and, um, I wrote a case study, published a case study, um, relatively recently called zero to 10 million, um, in four years or something. I forget the title now, but it was really outlining how we went from that zero and in, in non-competes to $10 million in construction and in, in just under four years. We'll, we'll link that up on the, on the show notes. So anybody okay. wants to read right. that, you can go to uh, entrearchitect.com slash episode 140 and you right. have a link there for it. Great. Great. So, so that, that, like I said, that was really the testing ground, you know, it's okay. You know, I've been doing this, I've been talking about this, I've been designing this, the messaging, the branding, uh, the storytelling, you know, now it's, it's really got to work, you know, life, life depends, you know, economic life and life of this firm depends on this working. And so we were successful there. Um, and then by 2014, there were some shifts in the firm and, and, um, 
for for very good reasons. You know, a division that I was running um, was eliminated to bolster another division. It was a very strategic uh, move that made sense business wise. That left me with a decision. And, um, and that's when I went out on my own and started echo engagement, which you, uh, you mentioned earlier. And so now I work full time as a, as a, a marketing consultant, uh, I call it a storytelling agency where I help people craft and, and tell their stories. So talk, talk about that a little bit, talk about echo engagement and, and what you do and who you do it for. So what I do, I, I craft, I, I couch everything under the term storytelling. It's marketing, yes. Uh, it's branding, yes. But the to me, the most important aspect of all of that is that you have a compelling story to tell. And, and everybody does. It's just, you know, are you crafting it um, and are you telling it in a way that's, that's compelling? And one thing that I say is that um, – especially in professional services, especially in, in fields like architecture, where we depend on, we depend heavily on repeat clients and referrals. You've got to be crafting and telling a story that resonates so powerfully with your ideal client that they feel compelled to share it with someone else. And that's, that's really the key. That's the key to business development. That's the key to marketing in professional services. Um, so at, at echo engagement, that's what we do. We help people craft and tell those stories, um, and then distribute them, which, you know, we can get into things like that later, but, but, um, the majority of my clients are architects. Uh, I also have a handful of not-for-profits and some startups. Um, I'll, I'll do some business coaching and then, and then marketing for startups. Um, but really what, what I'm looking for in clients is, uh, firms, people, I do personal branding as well, uh, firms, individuals, organizations, whatever that have a really interesting, a really compelling story to tell. And, and most of the time, uh, when they come to me, they come to me because they don't know how to craft that story. They don't know how to tell that story effectively. And so that's what we work on, you know, from strategy through execution. Let's, let's back up a little bit. Let's, okay. let's go back to marketing mm-hmm. in general. I think a lot of architects, are poor marketers because they don't understand what marketing really is. Uh, could you define what marketing is and then how brands and how storytelling and how all these other components fit into the overall idea of marketing and where does marketing start and where does it end? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a really good question. There, there are a lot of people that start to lump business development and marketing and sales all together. And there are distinct differences and, you know, you can obviously you can Google those kind of things. But but typically business development is relationships, building relationships. That's if you talk to a business development person at Gensler or, you know, to name your firm, they're going to talk about building relationships. It's a long term, uh, long term process. So they're networking and and. Right. Hanging out with people, meeting people, introducing them to other people, making connections, building relationships. That's, exactly. That's biz, biz, biz dev, as they call it. Exactly. That's biz yeah. dev. And, and so, you know, to, to uh, you know, crack the door a little bit, what story are they telling? You know, is, right. are, they, are they telling an effective story? So you can see how storytelling kind of peeks into there. Sales is really the, the ask and the closing of the deal. You know, right. so you've, that's at the other end. Right. That's at the other so it end. Starts you with know, business s- development, yep. and then it ends with sales. Well, it doesn't end with sales, but the process 
Right. The process. Exactly. We've, we've gone from one end of the spectrum to the other and sales is you've gotten to that point, you ask for the business and you close the deal. And then the stuff in between is the marketing, Mm -hmm. you know, branding, um, you know, what's your brand? Um, and then what story are you telling? How are you promoting your brand? What, how are you getting that story out there? It's, it's, how are you promoting everything that you're doing? And, um, you know, a lot of times when I talk about storytelling, I'll talk about different storytelling channels that fall within marketing and we can get into what storytelling is. But, um, I talk about three distinct channels. There's an interior channel, an exterior channel, and then a customer service channel. And so with each one of those channels, there's a different objective. You know, there's exterior, you know, it's marketing. Interior is within the bubble of your your firm, we'll call it. And then customer service, of course, is client relationship kind of uh, kind of issues. And your but story that, weaves all among those. Your story weaves among those. You've got different audiences and, and uh, different aspects to that. But your story goes through there all the way from business development to sales. And the marketing piece of it is, is really the bulk of it. It's, it's, it's how are we crafting that story and then getting it out there and promoting it. And so I'll work with business development teams to help them craft the story that they're telling, you know, as they, um, as they go out on those, to those networking events or the golf outing or, you know, when they sit down with the president of a university or whatever. And then I'll work with sales teams, um, that, uh, um, architectural product reps are, are an easy, easy example there. You know, they walk through your door wanting to, uh, sell their wares, so to speak, wanting you to specify their roofing material or whatever it is. I'll work with those teams to help them craft the stories that they're telling when they, when they walk through the door. And then I work with, uh, with firms to help them on, on the branding, the brand storytelling, um, getting, getting that story crafted and then, and then the strategy, you know, how do we, how do we craft it? And then how do we tell it? How do we get it out there? Whether that's in a magazine or it's on Facebook or it's a podcast or, you know, whatever medium that is. So when you say you're crafting a story, mm-hmm. are you literally sitting down and writing a story about the business? Uh, not necessarily, but yes, yes. I mean, when, when we where where we start is at the strategy level. So, um, the way I, I break it down into two pieces, I, t- I break it down into the crafting and the telling. Mm-hmm. So the crafting piece, yes, absolutely. We're going to, we're going to produce a document. This is the story arc of this firm. This is the story arc of this organization. And it, and just like you start every one of your podcasts, we start with the origin story and we, we work through, um, you know, through the whole plot. And if you're, um, you know, there's a, uh, uh, story uh, strategy, a story structure that's thrown out a lot called the hero's journey that um, everyone listening is familiar with it, whether you're familiar with that term or not. You've seen Star Wars, you've seen The Matrix, you've read Harry Potter, whatever. It's the structure that many, 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 many stories are based on going all the way back to mythology. And in, you know, in modern Hollywood, the close of the story is usually the setup for the sequel, right? Um, and, um, and we go through that in, that entire story arc. And this is the story arc for your firm, for your business. And everything that happens, whether it's business development, marketing, or sales, whether it's a Facebook post, a podcast, a blog, whatever it is, every, every other 
uh, story that we tell fits under that story arc. So it's all referencing and, that document, that original story arc that was it, created. It is. It is. Interesting. And so, so then, then, so how do you do that? How how you sit down with a, your team and if somebody like say say a small firm is listening here and they want to create their document, they they want to create their story. What should they do? What's the first step? Well, the, the first step, first question I ask every single one of my clients is, um, why do you do what you do? And, you know, the thing that usually triggers in most people's head is the Simon Sinek TED Talk. Um, Simon Sinek is a, is a brilliant guy that wrote a book called Start With Why. He's got a TED Talk where he explains the why. You know, why do you do what you do? What is your purpose? What's your mission? And um, what I what I tell my clients is you've got to understand what your why is. Why is it that you do what you do? And so if I, if I'm on stage at an AIA event and I start talking about why and I ask someone, well, what's your, what's your why? Well, our why is we design, um, uh, schools for elementary children. No, that's not your why. That's what you do. And so we, it, it can be, it can be, um, a, a tough question. It can be a painful question for somebody, but, but we've got to dig down to that as a basis is what your, what's your why? Um, because what we're looking for then eventually, you know, if we fast forward, I want to know who your ideal client is. And if we can determine who your ideal client is, I want to know what their why is. And then we're looking for the intersection between your why and their why, because that's where things start to resonate. If, if we can get everybody on the same wavelength, um, you know, on that same why, then, then we've really got something going there. But, but that's what we start with. We start with the why. We start with the backstory. And then we start um, identifying, um, you know, if you, if you do design schools for elementary kids, who's your ideal client? And I want to know literally who is a, a real live human being. There are, there are um, – uh, companies out there, HubSpot, Marketo, others that talk about uh, buyer personas, that talk about, uh, you know, they define it in a different way. It's usually a, uh, a demographic. It's a, um, you know, we're looking for marketing managers in, in um, the Pacific Northwest, you know, for companies between 15 and 20 employees. That's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a real life human being. You know, Mark is my ideal client. Because if I can identify Mark as my ideal client, then I can start to think about Mark as my audience, a real-life human being, and then how I would specifically talk directly to Mark, how I would craft a story that resonates specifically with Mark. Because remember, what I want to do is craft a story that's going to resonate so powerfully with Mark that he's going to share it with someone else, someone else like him that's probably another would fall into the category of ideal client. So we, we work through, you know, strategy wise, we work through the why, the ideal clients, the markets, you know, all those sort of normal marketing strategy pieces. And then we wrap it all up into the story of the firm, the story arc that's going to guide all the activities, all the brand, all the, all the story crafting, storytelling for that particular client. So once that story arc is created, it's not necessarily something just, okay, we have the story arc created, we post it on our website, and this is the story mm -hmm. we tell over here. And it's right, I mean, it's 
if you have the full story arc, we're just referencing that story and saying, you know, and, and sort of telling sub stories in different yes. places and these different channels that you're talking about. It's yeah. you're not just yeah. regurgitating that big long story to everybody you meet in every channel. You're referencing that document to create other stories based on the big story, right? So yeah. explain how that works and, and how yeah. you would yeah. use that big document. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Everything, like I said earlier, everything has to reference back to that. Everything, a lot of times I'll say everything has to fit under that story umbrella. Uh, that's the litmus test. If if I'm going out to a networking event and I and I've got this this elevator pitch in my head, if it if the the litmus test is if it doesn't um, fit under that story umbrella, that's the wrong story. But yes, we've got different channels. We have different objectives. Are we trying to find new clients? Are we trying to recruit um, the best employees from the local university? Um, you know, what is it that we're trying to achieve? And so we, when we're crafting these different stories, uh, no matter what it is, and you know, back to your question about is it a written document, you know, your storytelling, the telling piece of that can happen through any media. It could be photographs on Instagram or, or a podcast or uh, videos on YouTube or whatever it is, but whatever we're creating and for whatever purpose, and that's got to be part of the strategy too, there's got to be a purpose to every single one of these stories. You know, we, we're, this isn't a hobby. We're just not randomly telling stories as we go. We have a purpose in mind, um, which, you know, usually references back to a marketing funnel, but, whether we are, um, you know, if we're trying to uh, recruit the best graduates from the local university, then we're going to be telling a story that's that is intended to resonate with these uh, these twenty somethings as we as they come out of school. So this is our why. This is our firm's why. This is why we do what we do, and and who we do it for, and all those things. And so we're we're now creating a story focused on those recent graduates and hoping that we're going to find the people that our why resonates with these graduates because that's what you want. You want people that want to work at your firm. You're not just looking for uh, the best uh, Revit person or the best uh, watercolor artist or, you know, whatever it is that you're, you're looking for an employee. You're not looking for necessarily the absolute best one. You're looking for the best one plus the one that wants to work for you, plus the one that has heard your story and it's resonated with them. Um, and and that's, that's the key to all these things, where, whether we're talking to uh, a prospective client or a prospective employee. Um, you know, if you have investors, prospective investors, you're looking for people that identify with your why because there's going to be that connection, that strong connection that's not going to dissolve the first time uh, there's a hiccup, the first time there's a cost overrun, the first time, um, you know, there's there's some sort of uh, uh, blow up in the, the office like you ran out of coffee or, you know, <laughs> whatever the important things are. Um, you're looking for people who, like I, you know, earlier I said you're on the same, wa same wavelength, but you're looking for that deep connection, that emotional connection that can be made with whoever your audience is and for whatever purpose. And all those sub-stories, the purpose of those sub-stories is to make those connections. Let's take a quick break here to say thank you to two new platform sponsors, 
at Entree Architect, True Style Doors, and Tanglewood Conservatories. As platform sponsors, these companies have provided funding and support for our overall mission to become an influential force in this profession of architecture. They recognize the need for small firms to build better businesses in order to be better architects. TrueStyle is passionate about providing us small firm architects with the inspiration and tools to transform our designs with the most distinctive, authentic, and special doors available. With more than 400 made-to-order styles, TrueStyle offers premium MDF doors for painted applications and 20 standard species of wood across all architectural categories, from traditional to contemporary and everything in between. Every True Style door is made to order. True Style, driven by design. Visit truestyle.com and start designing your doors today. That's True Style, T R U S T I L E.com. Tanglewood Conservatories custom designs and builds authentic residential and commercial conservatories combining the romanticism of 19th century glass architecture with state-of-the-art technology and master craftsmanship. Whether your designs call for a pool enclosure, a gazebo, a greenhouse, or a unique light-filled living space, Tanglewood Conservatories will help you create a custom masterpiece for your clients. Tanglewood Conservatories, anything else is just another room. For more information, visit tanglewoodconservatories.com. And so of those three channels, you have external, internal, and, and customer service. So external is marketing and branding and that, that type of you're trying to attract customers and clients to your firm. Internal is building the culture within your firm and the customer service is clients that you have and you're serving those clients. And so you're, right, you're using right. this overall story arc to serve each one of those channels. Um, so let's, let's say, you know, our friends who are listening here there, let's say that they're small firms and that they're, uh, let's pick a, a market that they're uh, serving residential uh, clients doing large additions and alterations. Now they have this story, they've created the story arc. What do they do with it now to get more work consistently coming through the door? To get more work and, and no matter, um, no matter what market you're looking at, it's important to understand just like in Hollywood, just like someone that writes a book, no matter who the storyteller is, there's always a specific audience. And so if your audience is, the um, uh, large commercial or, or I'm sorry, large residential addition or, or renovation market, there's a very specific audience there. And I mentioned the ideal client. Um, you, you need to determine who that ideal client is, that person that you do the best work for, the person that you like working for the most, the person that respects you the most. The one that's that pays a, you. <laughs> the one that pays you. Yes, yeah. that's that yeah. is definitely part yeah. of it. Um, the one that you're most profitable working for, yeah. um, you know, let's, you, you say this a lot in, in your entree architect, um, academy and, and, in your other collateral, this is a business. And when we're talking about ideal client, it's not, we're not talking about who your best buddy is when we're talking about ideal client. Yes. That making money, that profitability, getting paid, that's got to be part of it. You got to be very particular about who your clients are. But 
when we've defined that ideal client, we have got to craft the stories and tell the stories that resonate with them. I've said that several times now, but, um, so start thinking about them. And again, if it's Mark, if, if Mark wants to do a big addition on his house or a big remodel renovation of his, of his home, what are the questions that Mark has? You, you've got to understand as an architect that when you tell these stories, you can't be to, to go to the, uh, uh, the hero's journey yep. example. Again, you can't be the hero of your own story. So it's that, t- develop that, explain what that means. Okay. So in the hero's journey and just picture it as star Wars or anything else, there's always a hero of the story. And, uh, you know, a star Wars, maybe it's Luke Skywalker. Well, Luke Skywalker is, is the hero of the story. Definitely. But he, um, and the things that make the story are the plot twists, the struggles, the, uh, of course the goal, uh, in the end, he's trying to accomplish something, but the, he struggles and, and, uh, um, has different obstacles in his way of achieving that goal. And there's always a mentor character, right? Whether it's Yoda or, or Obi-Wan Kenobi, there's always a mentor character. And so if you think about architecture in terms of, of the hero's journey and in terms of star Wars, if you have, um, uh, a homemaker, uh, a homeowner, that's what I should say. If you have a homeowner that wants to put a big addition on their house, well, Okay, that's their goal. They're the hero. Remember that. They're the hero, not the architect. So the the prospect or the client is the hero. The prospect, not not the architect. Exactly. Um, Their goal is to have a beautiful new kitchen or master suite or all of the above, you know, whatever it is they're trying to accomplish. It's not easy, right? They've got to figure out how to hire a contractor. They've got to figure out how much this costs. You know, what's my budget? You know, where do I find an architect? Um, what do codes look like and zoning and things like that? So those are their obstacles, you know, just like, uh, um, Luke Skywalker has, there are things that are in their way of, achi- of achieving their goal. And that's where nine times out of 10, that's where the architect can come in as the mentor character in that story. And so if you think about that, um, you think about those struggles, those things that stand in their way, those questions that they have. Those are the stories. That's where you can start crafting those stories. You know, you're trying to uh, uh, find someone to build this new master suite. Well, is that really the place to start? Or uh, are there other things that you have to understand? Um, if you're trying to figure out what your budget is, you know, here's how you can do that. And and what I, what I work with clients on is, um, or one of the processes we use is say, okay, well, here's an ideal client. Here's the market. What is that ideal client's top 10 questions? They're the first thing in the morning questions or the things that keep them up at night, whatever their top 10 questions are related to the topic. So if it's, if it's the master suite, you know, maybe it's, how do I find a builder? How do I find an architect? What's my budget need to be? Um, can I do this because of setbacks or whatever reason, you know, what are their top 10 questions? And then we can start crafting stories that answer those questions, always making that client the hero of the story because they're on their journey towards a goal. We understand that they have struggles along the way, and this is how we can mentor them towards that goal. We can mentor them through those struggles over those rough spots. And, and that's, that's how we set up the, 
um, the client as hero and architect as mentor relationship in in the storytelling. So, so a client wants this big uh, master suite, and they're they're scared out of their mind because they don't know how to to get this accomplished. Um, and so, your stories are 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 coming from the big story arc, being referenced from that, and you're you're basically creating stories and and verbally as well as you know social media and uh when you're meeting with them you're you're talking with them all of this is being referenced back and you're and you're creating these stories on how this client can achieve their goal with the help of working with you is that correct that's correct yes yeah it's 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 all about helping them achieve their goals um when someone is looking for an architect um, I, I use the example sometimes of a, uh, a community center. Um, I, I did some marketing pieces for someone that had just won an award for an, a community center. And, um, long story short, when I, when I delivered the, the draft, you know, they, they weren't this architect, um, you know, managing partner wasn't happy with the story. And, and really what, even though he had told me that, um, what they were looking for was uh, marketing collateral that would help them find more community-centered clients. That was the purpose of the storytelling. That was their goal. Um, when I delivered it to him, what he really wanted, what he was really expecting, was a celebration of these awards that they had just won for this this new community center. And and what I told him was, listen, you know, when if you're trying to find more community center clients, um, you know, think about the first things they think about when they wake up in the morning. Um, one of those, you know, back to those top 10 questions, one of those questions is not guaranteed is not, how do I find an award-winning architect? Right. Those are not the questions they have. You know, it's, it's how do I give these kids a safe place to play basketball after school or, or, you know, whatever the focus of their, their, uh, uh, not-for-profit or, you know, whoever that client is. And, and it's the same, you know, if you've got a residential client, there, there will be some, that are yeah. looking for a signature piece, no doubt. But the majority of people, that is not where they start. Um, they want to know, can they afford it? They want to know, um, what does it take? You know, having been in that residential world before, one of the consternations of architects is, well, they, they always want to start with the builder. They always want to find this this builder instead of starting with the architect. Well, you know, how do you... How do you explain to them, how do you help them understand in their terms, terms that they'll understand, you know, from their point of view, why it's better to start with an architect or what the value of starting with an architect before the builder or in concert with the builder or what, you know, whatever that relationship needs to look like. Um, Always think in their terms, always use their language and always speak to them where they are and, um, you know, and whether that takes the form of a blog or a podcast or Facebook or whatever is, you know, that's, that's, it's not irrelevant, but that's somewhere down the road. You know, it's, it's, uh, you know, they're the hero, use their language, use their voice, you know, speak to them in terms that they understand, drop the jargon. That's one of the biggest problems with every, not just architects, but everybody that's in professional services, attorneys, accountants, everything else. Um, you are a professional. That's why they come to you. 
but you've got to be a professional translator. You've got to translate your jargon, um, the terms that you learned in school. They didn't go to architecture school. You've got to translate all those words, all those terms into their language and help them understand on their level, in their language, on their terms. So when it's all said and done, it's about resonation, right? As you're looking for, for this to resonate with your client. I don't know if it's resonation, the right word. <laughs> I don't know. Resonate. Uh, well, you're looking, you're looking to resonate with your, with the person who's, who's looking to hire you, um, with everything you do. So you create this, this, this story arc, and then everything else is, is referenced to that with the goal. Your ultimate goal is to resonate with that, that end user, that person who wants to hire you because they, that resonation, if that's a word, um, is, is, um, is them learning to know you and, and liking you and trusting you. Those, the things you're saying resonate with them, that they, that yeah, they, it yeah. reflects what they feel. It's their values. It's what they want. And when they find that they will hire you. And so if you know your market very specifically, and you know that ideal client and you know what they want and how they think and what they, what they eat for breakfast and what they, how they make their decisions and what they drive. If you know that person so intimately that you know what they think and what they want, then you can craft your story to resonate with their story. And when that, like what Jeff said, once that happens, they want to hire you. And so if you were looking for more work, more consistent work, you need to define that ideal client and then figure out how to resonate with that client. And those clients will come to you and start looking for you to do their work. So that's a, that's a, a great strategy. So start writing your story, right? That's the bottom line is, Start writing your story, crafting your story, and then tell it in the right channels to the right people, and you'll find some resonation. I'm going to look that word up and see if that's real. <laughs> if it's not real, put it in the show notes and tell me what the right word is. Um, I'm going to look it up as soon as we're done here. Uh, that's, uh, that's some really good stuff there, Jeff. I appreciate you coming here today and talking about this. Well, thanks, Mark. I appreciate the opportunity to kind of step out of the shadows and, uh, and tell the story. Yeah, I I, uh, I appreciate all you do because you're doing a lot for me at Entree Architect. You're helping us with branding. Uh, you're one of our um, our facilitators in the small groups in the academy. Uh, so you're you're helping us build this this thing that we're we call Entree Architect. So I wanted to just publicly acknowledge your help with that and and thank you very much for all the work you do for us. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. And, you know, for all those listeners out there that may not be members of the Academy, you know, I talked about my, my exploration of why, um, architects weren't great marketers. Um, if we think about the Academy being much larger than that, there's every aspect of business that we all know that that's especially small firm architects struggle with. Those are the things that are, that are covered in the Academy, not just marketing, but, but it's a very similar exploration, um, to, uh, to, you know, to where I started exploring the marketing piece. So if, uh, if you're not a member of the Academy and you're struggling with those things, you might, you might consider it because there's, there's help out there. Uh, we can all, we can all get better, uh, in all of these aspects. Yeah. Yeah. It's there to help. That's what it's for. You know, we're going to, we're going to build this profession from the bottom up. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So Jeff, thanks for sharing your knowledge here today on Entree Architect Podcast. Absolutely, Mark. My pleasure. 
Complete show notes and a direct link to download this episode will be found at entrearchitect.com slash episode 140. I love this episode. I can talk about storytelling all day long. I love the idea of putting together a story and being able to tell it to different people in different places and having, having something to reference like that. It's such an interesting topic for me. And I think it's so useful for architects to do that. You know, to, to connect with Jeff and to learn more about his work at Echo Engagement, visit echoengage.com. We didn't talk about that during the episode, so I wanted to make sure that you have that information. It's uh, Jeff's got a lot of really valuable information. He writes a blog. Uh, you want to check that out. So echoengage.com. My name is Mark Arlapage, and I am an entrepreneur architect, and I encourage you to build a better business so you can be a better architect. Love, learn, and share what you know. Thanks for listening. See you next week. mentioned it to my family but in terms of telling people like oh yeah we're doing this i'm looking for projects you got anything yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me dreaming of launching your own architecture firm well, well buckle up for a wild ride with emerging the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm where do we begin we don't even know what type of business to formalize as is it an llc is it an llp like how are taxes i mean the list is astronomical season one featured founders jeffrey lexi and chris owners of level studio architecture are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio one evening stumbled into one last dive we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that <laughs> then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's it's so real to this day. I, I I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? <laughs> we did it, guys. Oh my the one that God. came out of nowhere. It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. Calling all small firm architects. It's time to tap into your full potential with Entree Architects Context and Clarity, where inspiration meets innovation. Hey, it's Mark Arlapage, founder of Entree Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my two favorite co-hosts, Jeff Eccles and Katie Kangas, as they bring together authors, experts, and thought leaders for electric conversations with entrepreneur architects around the globe.
It's not just a podcast. It's a community where dreams meet action. There's a simple equation there. And what for me, what that did, just doing that basic calculation was, it allowed me to compare what I had actually saved in my retirement accounts to what I thought a possible projected annual spend might be. Artists are temperamental, so beautiful design is gonna be a priority. When the job is done, we're gonna actually need to live in the house, not live with the person who designed it. <laughs> and so for me, the, the artistic skill, the architectural skill is most important. And so I would say like, that would be 60% of it, if not more. Gain insights to build a successful practice. Subscribe, engage, and let's redefine your future together. Join the Context and Clarity community, where every conversation adds to your blueprint for success.